Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Ash Thorpe. This is going to be episode 215 with our director, Claire Fleming. Claire and I met back in Russia a couple months back when we spoke at an event called Stroka, and we just had really great conversations about working in the industry and our, and our love of film and who we've worked with and all that kind of great stuff. So, And I felt it would be great to have her on, and she was kind enough to join um, as a guest, so it's really great to have her on. Um, Claire shares all kinds of really cool and useful information about um, working in the industry and just some really great lessons and some concepts that are things to consider. Um, and if you're interested in getting into the industry and, and all kinds of the all the above or advancing further in your career, um, just a lot of really great knowledge and bits and pieces in here. And talking about her experience working with master filmmakers like Steven Spielberg, it's just um, a lot of really great things that happened this episode. So. I hope you all enjoy it. Let's begin episode 215 with our director, Claire Fleming. Let's begin. We went out in Russia at um, Strelka event, right? That's right. Yes. yes. Yeah, yes. Moscow. I'm, I'm trying to make sure I've said it properly. Yeah. I'm letting, I was letting you say it. Sriyoka. <laughs> <laughs> Sriyoka, I think it's, it's got, called. Yeah, yeah. I think that's right. <laughs> and uh, I try, it's, I've been traveling all over, and so I'm like learning all these different languages. feels good. I'm just learning like one word, though. So every visit, I learn one word, and I feel good about myself. <laughs> well, that's, that's smart. I like that. <laughs> I don't know if it's smart. I think it's very lazy, but I'll try my best. So usually it's, it's better than most. Yeah. It's usually I like to try to learn a weird word compared to like something with art or beer or something and then I'll be good. So <laughs> but, um, yeah. that was a really cool event. I really enjoyed it. It's a oh, really beautiful too. place. Yeah. Um, and it was a really interesting venue. Yeah. It was outdoors. Courtyard. Yeah. 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 And do you do many talks and do you, do you enjoy doing speaking events? Um, I haven't done too many. I've, I've done a few specific kind of art department, um, little sort of European film commissions where it's more teaching mm. or, or saying what I do rather than presenting work that we've done, which is kind of what we did in, in Moscow was kind of showing completed things. But I, I have done mostly this is what an art director does and this is how we do it kind of thing. Awesome. And, and um, we should probably dive into it cause I'm really curious too. Every, I think, well, I think uh, the, the general industry, the film industry in which we both work in, we have certain standards as to what these jobs like entail, but I feel yeah. like it's constantly shifting and moving. Don't you? Oh yeah, for sure. And I think it's quite different from like the States to what we do in the UK. Mm. Where and are the differences that you find? Uh, titles, uh, different titles. Like we have draftsmen and junior draftsmen, and I think in the States you call them 3D set designers. And then like in BFX House, you have art directors, but I'm an art director on the production on set, which is, is different to like a VFX art director in in-house because oh, you're nice. kind of more concept artists mm -hmm. yeah because there's pre and post-production too so there's different it, stages yeah exactly so we're pre-production and we work very similarly with the designer um 
we'll have the concept artists provide all the the lovely designs and then we'll have a bit of input and then we kind of take it one stage further and have to draft all the sets so we look at the concept and turn it into technical drawing and then have it built so that's the kind of art directing that i do as as opposed to what in a vfx house would do yeah that is different but i guess it's it's kind of cool that it is different because i think that the translation of that um, yields some really interesting results, I think, because everybody's doing a different kind of position because it's one big uh, moving puzzle, right? I mean, yeah. making films is yeah. just like one big kind of anomaly that kind of comes together um, somehow <laughs> in the end. Yeah. And and, yeah. and if everybody's done their piece right, I guess it turns out to be a cool movie experience in the end um, for the end user. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we always hope that it's a great experience and then we always hope that it's going to be a good movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, that's always the hope. And it's it's really crazy when you get blindsided by an experience that's like, oh, that wasn't really as as well as I thought it was going to turn out. But that's, I guess that's the, that's the normal part of what this is because it's like this weird psychological journey that you, you take, you know? And it's like you trust the director and the crew to take you on this journey and any time that they break that, realm of reality it's almost like um alice in wonderland breaking through reality i guess yeah 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 and it can be it can be really disappointing when you've worked on something had so much fun loved it and it you think it's going great and it looks great on camera and then something happens and then the final movie comes out and it's just not quite it yeah yeah it's so difficult i i I'm, uh, every day i'm perplexed by this i i it's like, I guess, like, you know, Einstein had to figure out theory of relativity. I'm trying to think, figure out, like, the theory of filmmaking or, like, <laughs> why certain things work for us as a species and not. And it's a, it's a troubling one because it's all um, subjective, too, you know. So, and, and but at the same time, oh, there's a universal sure, yeah. truth to certain art, you know. Like, there's certain things that resonate more with others, I think, you know. So, yep. But, yeah, I mean, a film I love, someone else might not like. Yeah, absolutely. But it doesn't make it any less, too, which is really nope. interesting, too. So it's like this weird enigma. I guess all in all, I'm just trying to figure out in myself personally, like, what do I resonate with or how, how do I like what am I looking for and why am I not resonating with this? And I'm um, getting to know myself more. And all at the same time, too, like we're always changing. So what you liked as a child is not what you would like as an adult. So that's making oh, yeah. it more perplexing, you know. So um, but it's it's interesting. So you work on a lot of like very large movies, blockbuster type movies. Do you enjoy these kind of movies or do you enjoy um, a different type of movie? Like I'd say like maybe like in the spectrum of like art house films or um, in the middle of the road, kind of like a um, like American Beauty kind of films. Like if you were to sit down and watch a film, which films do you put on to enjoy on your own time? Oh, that varies. And it varies depending on what mood I'm in. <laughs> um, I haven't. I mean, the cinema just now is kind of filled with sort of blockbusters and, and big things. And I don't tend to go see them in the cinema. Mm -hmm. I would watch them at home. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah, I think. Because of people? Probably. Yeah, it's good. I'm <laughs> the same of, way. I can't stand I, them. <laughs> you don't go see movies live. It's I, I love I love an empty cinema. Me too. Um, so if I go to the cinema, I like to go to the BFI in London. And is they it? tend to have kind of slightly quirkier 
films and art house films and foreign films. Mm. Um, and, and not necessarily new films. Um, uh, kind of a lot of old ones. I think recently I saw Afterlife, which is um, sort of, oh, I think it's Japanese. Um, it's the same same director that did Shoplifters. Oh, yes, but, I heard Shoplifters is great. Yeah. Which I haven't watched, mm. but Afterlife is from like 1998 mm. and I loved it and it was great. That's and I awesome. kind of like seeing things like that. I love like Nightcrawler. Yes. Um, how, how, that's amazing. That script is incredible and it's so well oh, executed. Yeah. yeah. And, and Riz Ahmed is brilliant. Yes, he is amazing. And he was really, really good on Rogue One too, which I thought he was yeah. like a special character for that. He kind of glued a lot of the plot together. He, he was on... Oh, for sure. And he, he was, I did the, um, the Jason Bourne film and, and he was a kind of slight baddie in that. Mm, I never true. got to meet him because he, he was only in the s- scenes that were in Las Vegas. Mm. Um, but again, he, he's just so different. I, I think he's a great actor. Yeah, he is. He has a lot of really, he brings a lot to his, his roles, I think. A lot of weight. And a lot, it's mm-hmm. like he has the same energy sometimes as... Um, but he's obviously, uh, and, and apologies to anybody that thinks, but it's like better actress, uh, actor than the actress from The Shining. You know, like he has that like, <laughs> can, like that yeah. frantic energy. Um, yeah. But yeah, like unfolding as it goes. So yeah, Afterlife looks really good. I need to watch this. Looks really good. Yeah. Oh yeah, because I didn't, I didn't know anything about it. And I, I went with a friend that had recommended it and we were sitting there. And I was like, is this a documentary? What is this? And then I'm like, wait a minute. And then it kind of clicks in and you're like, oh, that was smart. That was really smart. That's awesome. I love watching. So so working in films, obviously, it's the best thing when you watch a film and you're actually engrossed in it and you're completely put into it. It's that's really hard to do, I think, for me, at least, because I'm like, oh, what lens would they use or what is that or that composition is interesting or how they edited that part was interesting or that piece of dialogue. It's really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. In particular, um, there's so many films and shot in London now, like most of them. And I'll be sitting in the cinema and then you'll be like, Oh, that's that location. Oh, that's that. <laughs> and it's, and it's hard to watch them because you know where they're filming. Hmm. Yeah. Because or, you do a lot of that too, huh? You were ta- talking to me about doing a um, virtual, you put the, you have your VR goggles and you do Google earth and you do location scouting and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. We, we we did a bit of that on Terminator. Well, I mean, there's location scouts and they go out and they pick locations and then director and stuff will go off. So we kind of know where we're going to film, mm. but it just means that someone can be like, Oh, do you remember what that street was like? Or you, you'll always be missing one photograph. <laughs> and, and if you're lucky, it's on, it's on the Google earth. And if you go into the, the VR headset, it's, it's really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. You use VR um, technology a lot in your day to day, right? Yeah. Yeah. I tend to put all, most of the sets now into Unreal so that our director and designer and stuff can see them before we start building because it, it can it can help a lot. Do you find yeah. it that it's because um, I'm always on the fence with this sometimes like I go, I maybe, maybe I'm old school or weird with like this, but like, I look back to like, um, when Ridley Scott did uh, alien, he storyboarded it, the film out. And originally I think they gave him like, they were allowing the film to have a $4 million budget 
once he found Giger's art and put together all the storyboards and kind of sold the idea to them, it obviously doubled the budget. But now mm-hmm. I see like the use of even more technology. I'm not sure if it, he, he even mentioned in an interview, like how he likes to avoid that stuff and focus on just the art so that when he comes to filmmaking, it's almost like they're, they're making art once more rather than looking at the art so closely. I don't know. It's, it's always a problem. I, I find that I'm like, is it better or worse? It's like, yeah. I, do, I think it's project dependent. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really and is. Because dependent we, too. Yeah. 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 Because we, if you're doing a period piece at locations, I wouldn't, you wouldn't touch the VR. You wouldn't bother putting it all in. But I, I mean, I think the best examples of where we've used it successfully is Ready Clear One. Mm. Because half of the film is in virtual reality. Yeah, that's true. So it makes sense so to use that technology. Yeah. Being able to, to see everything there and then on set, um, really helpful. Um, yeah. Terminator, we used it, and, and Star Wars as well has been, has been helpful. That's awesome. Especially if you all can't zoom off, if you're in different locations and you can just send a file and someone can kind of look at something to know what you're talking about during meetings. Yeah. It's helpful then, but it's not necessary on every project. Mm. Yeah, that, that is true though. I can see that as just a really great communication device really more than anything. So everybody's yeah, and on they're the not, same page. They're not perfectly rendered finished things. Sometimes it's just a gray box, yeah. but I, we find also more often than not is a card model, which will have the model makers make the set can be just as useful and, and easier. Yeah. It's almost like to, um, to all sit and talk around. Sure. And it's like getting people to see the same thing at once, yeah. I guess, you know, cause imagine, I mean, you've worked with Steven Spielberg, he's got a wild imagination. So getting everybody to be on board and see what he sees is really the, the privilege of this tool. I would imagine. Yeah. And I, I think he was in particular, he, he's used it before he, he used it on, I think Tintin and, and other things and yeah. he's very accustomed to it and can get it and can save his camera views you know straight away and then everyone knows what they're working towards yeah so i think true. someone that is really experienced in it is going to be even more helpful to because some people aren't or have never used it before so if you kind of show them something it can be a bit daunting to put a headset on <laughs> in a room of people that you don't know and you know they feel silly so they don't want to do it Hmm. Interesting. So, so you don't do it. You ah, just kind of, yeah. you, you judge it by what, what you think is going to sell the set better. And that might be virtual reality, or it might just be a card model and some concepts. Hmm. Yeah. I guess every director works differently, obviously. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Tintin, man, that had the craziest chase scene. That was so cool. Like that, that scene <laughs> that went through and he was on the motorcycle and the, the, the water was broken through the dam and like all this crazy stuff. That was such a, an epic. It was amazing. Scene. Yeah, it's incredible. Because I, I'm, I'm, I didn't really like Tintin as a kid. We used to go to France all the time and we would have the comics or whatever. And I, and I didn't really get into it. And mm-hmm. my, my brother did. So when I saw that the film had come out, I had no interest. I was like, I don't want to watch this. And then I, I think I was going on to another project that was motion capture. And someone was like, oh, you should watch Tintin. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and after 10 minutes, I was 
literally glued to the screen and yeah. I just thought it was wonderful. It's great. I loved it. I yeah. watched it twice in the theater. I was like, this is awesome. And I watched oh, I can it understand. a couple, yeah. couple times a year. I don't know. It's not like a, a type of film that I feel like I would ever make my, myself, but it, at the same time, I just am enamored and love the feeling that it gets me. And would like, as, as his films do, they just take me and they push me into that world and whether I want to or not. And it makes me feel like a kid. And that's really the ride that, that, that film has. And that's powerful. It's really good. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I loved how it totally changed my opinion and I was kind of shocked into it. Yeah. And I was like, nope, I, I need to not judge things and then actually watch them before yeah. I before I judge it. So that was a good lesson for me, that one. Super powerful. Is yeah. there a, a piece of software or um, technology that you really are excited about coming or something that you are looking to try or experiment with? Or are you pretty happy with, with the tools that you have now? Oh, um, I mean, I'm pretty, I, I use Maya mostly and Unreal for 2D drawing. I use Vectorworks. Um, cause it's easier on set and a lot more people use it. Um, anything coming, I have got fusion and blender, but I've not really kind of got into them yet. Mm -hmm. I, I should, but I'm kind of reluctant cause I know I need to spend more time than I have, <laughs> Yeah, which is always a problem. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I, I, I prefer to try and now learn things on a job rather than in my free time. Yeah. And currently there is no time to even do that. So <laughs> it's on the list. But yeah. Why are those on the list other than other programs? Do you have a particular reason? Um, we are working with some visual effects artists at the moment and they're using Blender mm -hmm. and they've come from Framestore and they're, they're in our studio and some of the stuff they've been doing and they've been explaining to me why it's better is kind of, I'm like, Oh yeah, I get it. Hmm. And it, it just, it just made sense. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. If it's a faster route to a, a location or a destination, yeah, it makes sense to do that. Hmm. Yeah. I think some things that were maybe taking me a day, they were doing in like an hour. Yeah. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah. And it's free, which is yeah. also. <laughs> it's really weird that it's free. Yeah. <laughs> Where you have all these I, other programs that we've been paying all this money for all these years. And now it's, we have this pretty dominant program that's free. It seems like it's a program know, that's incomplete until you start throwing a lot of stuff into it. So that's what it seems like oh, okay. to me. Yeah. Do you need a lot of plugins or? I think so. And you have to like, I think there's like a lot of extra things that you have to put into it in order for it to kind of function as we would know it as like, well, I mean, I don't know. I started using Houdini and Houdini is, um, have you tried Houdini yet? No, again, it's on the list, but I, I don't think I'll get there. <laughs> oh, it's super wild. Yeah. It's basically a program where, um, you know, when you, you get a program, you get a lot of these like preset tools or tools, but they're design tools by the programmers and Houdini, you have those kind of tools, but you also have like the ability to make your own code and your, the ability to make like recipes, what I call it, like all these nodal structures that you can add and make your own presets of different random things. And it's, it's really basically in my mind, the programs that I've experienced and I've tried, tried a lot of them is this one is like the king of the, all the programs. Basically it's the one that does it all, Okay. but it's also very challenging and complicated to get going fast. It takes years to kind of get comfortable, master. I think with it. Yeah. yeah. It probably, I don't think you can ever master it. Honestly, it's almost like mastering art. That's how big it is. It's <laughs> huge. It's so massive, but 
Yeah. I was going to ask you like your learning ratio, because I like learning on the job as well. I find that to be the most useful. It's the way that the brain works best to kind of comprehend information and use usable information is the best kind of information. But what's your ratio with learning? Do you spend often like, you know, a, a certain amount of time a week or you just kind of go as it, as it, as it needs? Um, at the moment as it needs, but when I was younger and a junior and a draftsman and working my way up, I did, I spent more time trying to learn things so I could be better on the job. Mm. Um, and I, I did take, I can't remember how many years ago it was now, but maybe about eight, nine years ago, I did take a couple months off to go learn Maya, um, at escape studios. I don't know if you have that in the States. Oh no, maybe. Yeah, I think I think there's one in LA. It's just a, it's like a little visual effects kind of learning thing. And I did Maya and sort of animation and VFX software, and had Nuke, and it was like a combined three month course of just kind of getting getting the basics and nine to five, which is kind of what I needed at the time. Hmm. Um, now I just kind of pick things up as I go mostly under pressure if it's like oh you need to do that then it's like okay i have to figure it out but i i don't i try not spend any of my free time learning mm. software anymore yeah you have like try to find a good balance with life as well then huh oh yeah yeah for sure because <laughs> this uh this uh, we talked about this too in moscow this stuff would just consume everything yeah if you let it uh oh, oh easily and i and i think it did for a while mm. um because when you're younger as well and you just want the next job and you, you you think that you have to work. I mean, at the time it was 12 hour days anyway. Sure. So staying an hour or two later and then you have an hour or so plus travel each way. Oh, you're done. You're, you're, yeah. There's, there's no more hours in the day. <laughs> yeah. Sleep time and that's it. And rinse and repeat. Yeah. It's yeah. an interesting industry. I kind of equate it to like a circus, um, circus acts because it's a, we're traveling or learning and um, we all have our own set of tricks and we're doing these interesting entertainment things. It's like new age circus stuff, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's what I equate it to. Yeah. It is a bit. And, and I think now people are trying to get the hours down. It doesn't make any sense to to shoot so long No. Um, in terms of people's health and wellness but um it, it's it's getting better for sure that's and good are they changing there was the study, laws out there it, oh no, no no none of that <laughs> but there was a study i think it was in la um some producers shot a film on an eight-hour day mm. and it, it was proven to be more productive they got more in you know it was it was a benefit um but we we tend to do a 10 hour day now okay that's not here, too bad which is better than 12 it's, yeah exactly it, it's 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 getting better but yeah. then the traffic's getting worse so <laughs> yeah. it's like where do you yeah, yeah. where do you find the extra <laughs> do you, and so you're in london but you live in the outskirts of london and uh, no i live in london mm. um well it, it's on the tube uh, uh sort of west london but most of the film studios like Pinewood and Pinewood Shepperton and Leavesden are kind of north uh, and west. So I've picked the spot that's kind of in between them all mm. so that 
each are easy to get to, depending on what film I'm on. Gotcha. And that's got to be so cool to be in the same locations that like Star Wars was originally made on and stuff. That's so cool. The heritage, right? Oh yeah. Um, I One mean, the original ones were right? filmed. Yeah. They were filmed at Elstree originally. Yes. Uh, and one is now like a supermarket. That's right. You remember, I remember you telling me that. Yeah. But they, there's um, other studios that are still up that were used back then. Right. Or no. Oh, oh yeah. And the part of Elstree is still there. Um, it's just much smaller. They sold land off, I mm. guess for housing and, and supermarkets. Sure. But like Leavesden, they did all the Harry Potters there and it's Warner Brothers and they're growing and expanding and they're making a really good studio. It's like got a great infrastructure. It's, you know, got a good canteen. It's, they're, they're taking all the good boxes. Hmm. That's cool. How long, yeah. do you, I mean, do you look at the longevity of our industry um, as a whole? Do you ever think about that? Like how long is this going to last? What's the next thing that's coming up? you know, um, as, as we consume things differently, like say Netflix is up now and VR is coming more and AR is becoming more of a thing, like, um, in the common way of consuming things, because I always feel like it's such an odd thing to go to a location in a dark room with strangers and watch this thing, which I love. <laughs> I do love yeah. it, but it's very weird. Um, yeah, we just it mentioned that we work in the industry. We go, we, 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 we don't even like to yeah. go in the movies. You know, I have to wait like two weeks and I go when all the older people are there. And I try to yeah. find like a seat that's away from everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but then someone always comes in and sits right beside you. <sighs> I want to like, punch like them empty. so hard, and they're eating their food super loud, and I just want to punch them so hard. Yeah, yeah. Or, or like I, I they, find that so odd. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't. I, it's weird. It's like, um, it's like when you park your car in a parking lot and it's empty, and then somebody parks right next to you. It's a, mm -hmm. it's like a weird pack animal thing. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I hate it so much, though. <laughs> I'm always like, what the heck, man? But yeah. whatever. Yeah. I have to reserve my anger for other things. <laughs> I know, yeah. But I mean, answering your question, I think it's, it's tricky because had Avengers Endgame not come out and done so successful, because um, you think, oh, Netflix and that are, are taking over. But I think Marvel have just proved that people still go to cinema and put bums on seats and... And it, it, it's been quite a successful year, I think, for Disney as well. Yeah. They've, they're, they're raking in money. Um, it's, cinemas aren't dying yet. They're not, they're not the music store, but I don't know. It, it might happen. Good point. Yeah. But I, I, th I think, I think it's a good 10 years off. 10 years off from what? It, I, th I think right now there's a good solid 10 years of, films in cinemas mm -hmm. and then after that i don't know i don't know it, 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 i like that honest answer i mean we not, no no one knows we know, yeah. we're predicting the future but it's something that i think about a lot because my life is in here and also yeah i, I mean i know we talked about this too you want to direct as well and so do i and so like it's like a friend of mine he said he had this great analogy for he want, he's director he's a director as well and he said it's like all his life he's been working for the olympics only to find out that it's been canceled it's like, oh man, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's a great analogy, but, but it's kind of interesting, you know, like it's the, the way that things shift and boom, go up and down. But I think it's all up to, 
you know, um, visionaries and, and people that have a creative new idea or a new take on something, even, even if it's not something incredibly new, I'd say like we'd use star Wars as a perfect example because it's so universal, but before mm-hmm. star Wars, um, there were all the ingredients in the pot. It's just that George put it together in a unique way that made it special. And then that created this massive thing. Um, yeah. it's like lightning striking, you know, I think, uh, even the best of directors don't know how to continue that lightning strike in the same spot every time it's nearly impossible because of the pressure and stuff. But yeah, it's interesting though. Um, and, and it'd be boring if they did. Yes. Well, we would get used to it because that's, yeah. that's a flaw of humanity. Like we get used <laughs> to great things and it's like, you know, we were, I was just, I have a couple of my friends that are out here from Paris and I took them all out into all, I went to Mojave and, and Borrego Springs and um, where I live and, and Julie and all these mm-hmm. things and beautiful, incredible views, incredible vistas. And the whole time they're like, wow, this is so good. And then um, when we're driving, we're watching all the people that are driving. We would see a couple of people that are driving, but they're just, they're not, you could tell they're not enjoying it, you know, like they're just driving by it. And we we're like, how sad is it that you can get used to this? You know, yeah. it's like a, such a sad thing. <laughs> Because it's like, oh, every day I see it. Yeah, whatever. It's like, yeah, beauty every day. Eh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I guess that's a that's a common thing, you know. So I think you see that within filmmaking too, is complacency or people getting used to seeing the same thing. But I think it's just a matter of, uh, you know, another really powerful director um, creating something that's unique and special, but it's universal. So, um yeah, I don't know. No, it's yeah, it's a, it's a good point, and I think whenever I watch something, and I might not always like everything, but I know how much hard work. Oh yeah. Everyone has put into it, and and how long something's taken. Oh yeah. So I always try to find something that I do like, and that could be the sound design, or the sets, or the visual effects, or actor, or something. But I'll I'll always try and pick something from a movie if I don't like the overall story i'll always i'll always try and bring something away from it mm-hmm. because yeah. otherwise i you know i hate, I hate criticizing other people's well of effort. course well, it's so easy to do isn't it oh it is it's so cheap to do you know? I know and it's so easy to do that but at the same time isn't that the weirdest thing like you and i agree too and i totally acknowledge that is like making films is not easy and every in any film that's made that gets out to to the public it is a is, is incredible that it got done. It seriously is yeah. insane. But at the same time, it's like if it doesn't resonate or if it's missing the flaw or it's or it has a flaw or something, it's like, damn, all that work. And that's weird that that got missed. Yeah. And that's what I mean. That's the enigma perplexity that I'm like, why is that not working? And how can this be better? And, um, yeah, like looking back at like, is it, is it, do I like that? Because of nostalgia, I was re- recently rewatching ET. That movie okay. is so damn good. It's so good. Like I, I challenge you to question or judge or break that film. It's so good. It's so, it's still so good. Um, some films age really well. And that's one of those for me, at least um, that yeah. has so many amazing things from the score to the acting, to the way that things are presented to you. Um, Do you remember seeing it as a kid or did you see it as an adult? You know, it's interesting um, to answer your question, then add, add something to it. it was, um, I don't remember seeing as a kid. I don't have really great memories. I think it's because my brain, I don't let it rest and I don't let it sit 
basically. So it's constantly going. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's there, but there's a lot of noise in my brain. (laughs) But I do, I do remember the feeling that I got watching it as a kid. And it was my favorite film as a kid, Karate Kid, this movie, Star Wars, like, you know, the uh, man, so blessed to have grown up with this culture. Um, because it was just bangers after bangers, you know, Jurassic Park. Yeah, we were lucky, I think. Oh man, so lucky. I I mean, I really do feel that because I took my daughter to go see the new Lion King and um, it's Mm -hmm. just, it's just different. It's a, you know, it's not, it's worse or better or anything. It's just different. At least for me, it was like, oh, I remember watching the original animation and I was like, wow, this is so good. Um, But again, nostalgia is very tricky because it's very blinding. It's like a it's like you have odd, odd, like you have weird glasses on um, that are distorting your reality. But I was watching this show on um, Netflix last night. Let's see if I can. It's about the brain and how the brain works. Um, it's called The Mind Explained. Okay. okay. And they were breaking down memory, which is interesting because obviously memory is what differentiates us from most animals here on the planet. It's because we can retain this information and share it and then kind of continue the path. And that's what makes really good films, I think, because they go into your subconscious and they they plant a memory and that feeds inside your mind and your own consciousness and then feeds into your life and reality. Um, and it was interesting because in regards to, I'm answering, sorry, I know I'm answering it really large, but you're asking if no, I remember it. Yeah. What they said is that when we remember, we call things, we actually scatter them into weird pieces and then bring them back. So it's a false reality. It's not really what had happened. So okay, yeah. it's something to be very cautious and aware of because you might go like, oh, I remember that movie has blah, blah, blah. And like, no, it doesn't have any of that stuff in it. And it meant, it's like, oh, you know, your mom made you a peanut butter jelly sandwich that day or um, you know, yeah. uh, something like a, somebody had a car accident or something. And so you're like, Oh yeah, there was like somebody eating a peanut butter jelly sandwich and then they had a car accident and blah, blah, blah. And like, no, that wasn't it at all. But your brain perceived it as that. So again, which makes it so fascinating is our minds <laughs> and, and, and yeah. also what movies they play are, tricks. Oh yeah. And, they, and the craziest things they play tricks on their owner. <laughs> That's the most tr- tricky and, and difficult part, you know? So but um, yeah, it's again, it's it all comes down to the mind and psychology of the mind and how the mind works. And um, <clears throat> the further down I go to the rabbit hole of understanding it, the more I realize that it's a psychological thing and connecting with things mm-hmm. deeper. Um, and I think that's like, um, I think that's why I think Denis Villeneuve's movies resonate with me more. I think as a as a current contemporary director is because when you watch mm-hmm. his films, you really feel like. Have you seen Enemy? No, I think that's one I haven't seen. How about Arrival? Have you seen Arrival? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. filled with metaphors all over the place. It's like every shot has, um, or almost every shot for me at least, has a metaphor that pushes the, the plot forward. Um, whether you know it or oh, not, you feel it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's stunning. I love that film. Yeah, it's really, I was really blown away by it. It's another movie I watched twice in the theater because I was like, oh, okay, well, I love all this. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> It's smart sci-fi. It's sci-fi that makes you think and at the same time makes you feel and makes you consider things, which I thought was great. And it's like, I, I call it like the Carl Sagan sci-fi, which is my favorite kind of sci-fi, the thinking sci-fi. Um, yes. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm more into that. Like Arrival. Uh, did you watch Annihilation? Yes. Yeah. I had some, Ugh. like there are some incredible moments. I think it's a film that I really have to um, re- reduce my expectations and okay. kind of go into it. Let it go. Yeah, yeah, I just have to go into it because I think it's a work of art that 
is, is one of those things where you have to apply yourself, which is why I think people rejected it um, mm-hmm. for the most part. But I, I, I really enjoyed it though. Like it has some really interesting moments. And I think the people's confusion come, came from the fact that he wasn't willing to give everybody the spoon, you know, to just, he wasn't willing to sit there and feed you um, yes. the, the, the narrative yeah. and stuff. And it makes you think, and I heard it comes from a really amazing set of books too. So, yeah. Yeah. I've never read any of them, but um, yeah. But you enjoyed that film? I, I loved it. I thought it was beautiful and yeah. smart. And again, you had to think, I hate not thinking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. It's like, I, I, I don't need lazy storytelling. Yeah. Um, well, I Alex, want to figure it out. He did uh, Ex Machina too, which I thought was really yes. great. I love that film. Yeah. yeah, that was another great one. And that, yeah. but that one was, I think, was more kind of accessible in a sense. Um, oh yeah, yeah, because yeah, it, it would. It was kind of like how Denis Villeneuve does. He does big, deep con- concepts, but he feeds them to you in pieces. That's why I asked if you'd seen Enemy, because I think Enemy was was a film filled with that, but is also um, kind of pulled back a little bit, and he allowed things to kind of gestate and make it so that every time you watched it you would see a new thing um which i felt was really interesting so and i think it's funny i haven't watched that i'll need to make a note because i've seen all these others yeah i I haven't watched that one yeah i'm I'm curious let me know what you think of that film i'm curious what you think it's um it's got some pretty dark subject matters and some really interesting things but if you can again i think the same thing with the uh, annihilation if you can remove yourself from it and you can look okay. at it as piece of art and then you can kind of analyze it in a sense of just what am I getting from this? I think, um, yeah, it has a lot of really interesting bits and pieces. So yeah, I, I love I that stuff though. Yeah. When you are watching a film, um, what are something, what are things that you look for as an art director? Do you, do you critique or analyze certain things or do you try not to, do you try to switch that off or how do you approach I'd, it? I'd love to switch off. Me too. <laughs> but I, I just can't. I just can't. I think I'm not necessarily looking for anything, but something hopefully will make me kind of sit on the edge of my seat. Mm. And, and more often than not, it's just a beautiful shot or something nicely done. Like talking about Denis Villeneuve, um, Sicario, you know, the border crossing. Oh, I love that. That's I mean, incredible. I remember just kind of leaning forward <laughs> when that was on. The tension is so yeah, good. Love it's it. so well edited. So well, I, I watched, I rewatched that scene uh, twice a month or so. Cause it's a, yeah. it's a, it's, um, yeah, I agree. Uh, and that whole film was great. That was another great oh, film. Yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, really well done. Um, the second so one was yeah, interesting I think, too. I was surprised. I thought I was going to hate it and I was like, this isn't bad at all. And there was a couple of moments where I was like, wow, that's really amazing. Like it's really well done. But they're Again, different films it, entirely, obviously. Yeah, but, and yeah. it's not directed by him, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah, it still pushed things forward. Yeah, yeah I think I think it's a good character. Um, yes. But Nico del Toro's one, so yes. sort of he's so damaged good. and, yeah. Yeah, and he's like he's, the anti-hero. There's a lot of anti-heroes now in culture too, which is interesting. Yeah. But I guess that's, um, you know, I think in the 80s we had that as well. We had like Taxi Driver and stuff like that too. So um, it's kind of a common thing, but it's a trend that falls through and it kind of comes together. It just depends on the, I think the state of the the, the consciousness of people in general. Um, I think again, to bring back Star Wars, I think that's what was so brilliant and genius about it because it was, there was such, it was kind of like the country is in a bit of a dire state 
and Star Wars kind of brought new hope and it was something for like what he called young people. <laughs> I yeah. love how he's like young people, this and that, but yeah, which is cool too. And it's, it's interesting to love and enjoy films like Sicario and then to enjoy films like Star Wars, you know? So it's always fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I can put on the most ridiculous film and love it yeah. just to escape you know, yeah. which is, which is what we do. We, we make movies for people to escape yeah. reality. But, yeah. Voyeurism. Um, yeah. 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 But I mean, I love all sorts of movies for all sorts of different reasons, I think. Sure. Um, I'm trying to think of ones that I'm trying to think of a film that I've sat and watched recently and didn't think about the set or the way it was shot it's or and something right? that's, yeah, and I can't. Maybe, maybe free solo a documentary. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. And yeah. I think I just because it isn't really a set; it's just nature, life. Yeah, I love. I and tend to love documentaries for that reason because I shut off yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, and the the tension at that we all know that he made it. Yeah, but <laughs> I could watch the last twenty minutes of that of his climb. Ah, uh, just. Uh, on repeat because i'm just like oh my god <laughs> yeah and it's crazy because you you can't even can't even perceive and calculate the height and you really can't from the screen but it still makes your palms sweaty <laughs> yeah and just knowing the build-up and what leads to yeah it's just an amazing feat yeah i'm so thankful that he made it god it's so crazy it's free solo man that guy's crazy but i, I love it's, it's a human spirit at its core you yeah know? it's like going and doing something that a we shouldn't be doing b doesn't need to be done see shouldn't be done you know but <laughs> but must be done you know because nobody has done it and that's that's really what makes us who we are and i think that's why you and i we're not rock climbers i don't think you rock climb or do you i can do i do a bit but okay. with a rope okay yeah exactly <laughs> for sure you're not out there in nature doing it so like yeah like so and i've done it a couple times to know that i don't want to do it anymore <laughs> Because I don't like <laughs> really? heights and it hurts. Yeah, it's like my freaking fingers. So the, the the next day I'm like, man, I can't use my mouse. My hand is crushed because I'm I'm like six two, 185 pounds. So like carrying myself on like baby nerd fingers, like on the rocks, <laughs> like no thanks. <laughs> I'll stick to jujitsu. That's enough for me. But what I'm saying is a universal thing. We we don't have to be complete rock climbers to understand or engage with with it. And it's, I think it's because yeah. it's a universal story and that's why it resonated with so many people, but it's, it's so extreme. Like, have you seen, uh, one of my favorite documentaries of all time is Joe dreams of sushi. No, no oh, I seen that. man, please watch it. I think you would really okay. love it. Yeah. It's, it's a brilliant, I won't say anything more. I just say, go watch okay. that. So, but it's really, really, really good. Um, cause I tend to, I actually tend to like um, documentaries more often than not. I'd like to watch those more. Um, because of that aspect of turning it off because like, well, none of this is really art directed. It just exists and somebody's filming it, you know? So <laughs> I don't go yeah, like, oh, I, I don't like that. this. I don't like that ship or that lighting doesn't look right. Or that's weird. You know, like, exactly. <laughs> which is horrible. Yeah. And I hate having that. Is there a film that you can remember in recent history that you watched where you were like very impressed and really loved the art direction? Oh, recently? Oh, God. Um, it doesn't have to be recent. It can be the next last 10 years or something. Um, and well, it actually, old you, movies, too. Okay, well, I, I can definitely answer that. And I, I think recently, actually, it's a TV show, The Handmaid's Tale. 
Oh, I heard it's really it, great. I haven't watched it it's yet. It's so striking. And mm. I mean, it's, it's horrifying. Yeah. But <laughs> it's kind of needs to be, it's relevant and I appreciate it. And I, I think it's done. Elizabeth Moss is fantastic as well. Mm. She's brilliant in it. And it's, it's so, I think I like really stylized things and it is so stylized and mm. I kind of ticks my boxes there. That's, that's one thing that stands out yeah. recently. Um, Hands me too. back in the day, I mean, Clockwork Orange is by far my favorite looking film. Oh, ever. interesting. Yeah. yeah that um, is, it's so surreal, right? It's just so, um, yeah. Yeah. A lot of, um, I love that about Stanley's films. They're, they're, they're not what you think they are when you watch them. They're deeper than that. And you got to go into it and you fall into his madness. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the more just, you look at it, the, Oh, interesting. All right, cool. Yeah. It's the brutalist architecture, the costumes, the color, you know, everything. Yeah. I, I, I really love the look of that. Yeah. Um, I was watching Gattaca it, last night. Gattaca oh, has that. I haven't um, seen it for ages and a uh, brilliant it's, film. It's really good. Yeah. It's very, very good. And I love the resourcefulness that they use. They use locations and stuff. And it's kind of like a Tarsim, I think does the same thing with like the fall. And, um, he uses all those, um, normal locations or, or existing locations because he was a commercial director. Right. Um, and so he uses all those uh, to his benefit and then they feel like they're sets, but obviously they're not. And they film really well because they're so beautiful and they're not CGI. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's quite genius. It's a smart, a smart approach to it. So cuts down production costs and you just have to rent a place for a couple hours and boom, <laughs> go out there and do it. Yeah. yeah it's like when you, you posted those pictures from Russia and that, yeah. that last building. Oh man. Crazy. Like I'm shooting there. And a heartbeat. That's amazing. Yeah, I wish you. I, I think you left um, the day after. I had to go. Yeah. yeah. yeah oh, day, bef day before. Yeah. Yeah, the day before. Yeah, I wish because um, I was so thankful that I got a chance to go out there and see that. My one of my main goals, obviously, besides from doing the talk, was to see as much brutalism um, mm. stuff as I could because I, I don't know if I want to live it. Maybe I would, um, but I, I totally adore it. And when I went there, I was like, wow. Um, how do I go and live in this place? Like, how do I, how do I go inside here? <laughs> it looked like it was like some crazy, I was like, I was on the set of Gattaca or something. It was really, it's really yeah. quite amazing. Yeah. Really loved that place. Yeah. yeah. I saw those pictures and I was like, Oh, I missed out on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I tried, it was, what was interesting is I, tr I wanted to see a lot more, but it was because the city is so massive and, um, and I think a lot of these buildings have either been taken over or changed or, shifted unfortunately um a lot of them are and they're not well maintained apparently um they kind of oh, just okay. go to the wayside unfortunately which it's a bummer i would look at these as a national treasure um yeah. but that's that's easy for me to say as like an american not having to deal with communism and the rise and fall of it and all that kind of stuff so because <laughs> i'm like oh it yeah. looks like cool art but yeah it's outstanding it's, it was so cool that place is insane i just couldn't i couldn't wrap my head around it honestly i was like what the heck yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, definitely. Like, um, I would, I could see like if you were to make a sci-fi in the realm of um, like smart sci-fi, I guess. Yeah, you could definitely use these buildings as so because it's got so much gravity to it. So, yeah. Yeah. I was just out in um, Borrego. It's just uh, this really beautiful desert out there, and 
Um, and I was, when you come up over to Borrego, it's, you're over a mountain range that falls into the valley and uh-huh. it looks like Mos Eisley is down there. It's really oh, crazy. Really? Okay. Yeah. It looks almost like exactly like it. But then when you get down there, there's all these abandoned places. And I was like, wow, I really need to write something and create a, some sort of like smart little thing so I can go and just film it there. <laughs> like you need, yeah. I need to do the Gareth Edwards kind of approach where I just have yeah. a friend that's an actor and we just go make a thing and, and have fun. Yeah. <laughs> and just shoot like wild and no permits and just freestyle and go, you know? So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So eventually. No, I, I I get that. Sometimes I see places and I'm like, oh, if I just had an idea for here, and then you spend two years trying to think of that idea, but <laughs> never, <laughs> yeah. never goes. Yeah, I found that. Um, I I find that to be a I totally agree. It's a total truth, and I find that if I'm not reading a lot of books and I don't have a writing partner, those mm-hmm. ideas um, don't come fast enough. And I found yeah. that um, I'm really stoked because um, with the Star Wars project I'm working on, my friend Olaf and I we work well with writing together because we kind of have opposite views on things. So we kind of clash, but we, then when we align, it's very good. So it's a testament that great work and, and well, I don't know if it's great work, but work happens based on um, collaboration, I think, which I find to be yeah. fascinating and leads me to my next question for you is, is do you enjoy collaborating and, and what about your day? What's your ratio of having to collaborate with others? Oh yes. I'm, I love collaborating and I think you get the best ideas from lots of different things. Um, I think for my normal day to day, it, it depends. We have, we tend to have quite a lot of meetings. Um, and it depends who the meetings are with. It might just be like a script breakdown and they're just going through and there'll be other people's sets involved in those meetings. Um, when it comes to just, our set, I'll obviously speak to the designer most of the day, uh, make some changes, and then I'll, I'll be with construction and the painters and the plasters and on the stage and just trying to, everyone, like I'll have drawn something that I think is the best way it's going to be built and it will look great. And then you go down and you talk to all the carpenters and they're like, you know, if you did this, it would look like this. And you'd be like, oh, it didn't even occur to me. And and they'll come up with some sort of amazing solution that probably makes it more efficient and just look better. Amazing. And I love that. And I love how they can just, they can look at a drawing and go, I see what you're saying. And I, I know what you want to build, but we could do this. Um, That's great. I kind of, I kind of enjoy that more because it's a, they're like the proper um, men and women that make it physically make it and they just have a different way of thinking. Sure. And, and it's great. That's beautiful. I love that. And I totally agree. And I think that's a perfect, that's a perfect example of a good collaboration where both efforts are towards the goal and egos are put aside so that the goal itself is the one that succeeds. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I, you know, it can go actually very bad too with collaboration too. So again, it just kind of depends on the person and the people that are doing it and how that collaboration goes about and how to communicate things. Yeah. Yeah. I I much prefer working with people that are kind of open to hearing your ideas. They might not want to, they might not use them, but they'll, they'll listen about it or, or they'll come up with something else Mm. rather than people that just don't even want to hear you speak. Oh yeah. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Which is very rare. I've not really come across that in a very long time, but, um, same, same. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good. And it's good times at the minute. I think that's awesome. Film and, and 
people are listening and get, I know as I've moved up the ladder as well, that helps. You, you do get more of a voice. Yes, that helps. I heard that working with JJ Abrams is very collaborative and he's very um, willing to hear perspectives and, and stuff from his collaborators. Is that true? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's always been very open. And, I mean, he and is the director, it, so he has final say obviously, but yeah. Yeah. And, and I think uh, with him as well, he acknowledges other people's um, input mm. and, and ideas and, and he'll say, thank you or, or you did that, or if you hadn't have said that, we wouldn't have this. And um, I, I've watched him with all departments kind of take ideas on and, and he loves it because he, he, he can thankfully get the best of the best together. Yeah. You know, literally the That's best by design, stunt coordinators though. and everything. Yeah. And, mm. and he knows to listen to them. Yeah. He, they, they're, they're so experienced. They've got great ideas and he knows that, together because because uh, he's great and they're all great so <laughs> it's it's, it's going to work and it and it tends to so um, i think i've actually enjoyed watching him work as well because he's one of the ones that just even from a distance the way he speaks with people and interacts with people and with the crew and the cast and he can learn a lot from that mm. and I, I actually found him and Steven Spielberg very similar mm. and you can see that they're kind of from the same or, or JJ's from the Steven Spielberg school sure if you like yeah. um, and it takes a lot and it, it's it's a it's a lovely approach I'm so jealous and it's, and it's how, how you get a good movie <laughs> yeah I'm so jealous that you get to sit there and, and work with them ah, that's so cool <laughs> <laughs> not sit there but you're you're there with them you know so I remember you telling me some of the stories. So it's like, that sounds incredible. <laughs> yeah. It is, it's like, it is it's good amazing film school because you're there with the master doing his art. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember watching um, JJ shoot this scene and it was kind of a, a end of the shoot kind of thing. And he just came in and just stood there and sort of, like camera here, he like literally banged out all these ideas and instantly. And I sort of turned to someone and that person said to me, that was a masterclass in directing. And I was like, I know <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it yeah. was, it was, it was quite brilliant. That's, that's amazing. And to, and to also, um, you know, sometimes I'll be on set and brilliance is happening all over. And then people are, again, um, they're not seeing it, you know, and not yeah. to, to their detriment, but, to be excited about that, to be on set and to feel like a child is, is, is really beautiful. It's a beautiful feeling because when I go on sets, I'm like, Oh man, I can't believe this. Look at all this stuff. Like, wow, this is so awesome. And I think that enthusiasm and joy is so important to continually have. And it's so hard to retain because you can easily get jaded. It's very easy to get jaded in this industry, but if you can yeah. retain it, I think it's such a rewarding experience, at least from what I've experienced and found it to be. It's been so amazing um, to see these things. Um, is there a fond moment that comes to mind or a memory that comes to mind with working? Cause I mean, you've worked with such, you know, giants basically. Is there a memory that you can think of like, wow, this is great. I remember you telling me some stories, um, out in Moscow, which I thought were brilliant, but is there something yeah. that comes to mind? Like, wow, I can't believe that just happened. Um, off the top of my head. Sorry. I'm, I'm trying to think. No, I think, I think just, 
in general, just getting to be either in meetings with these people or, or, or near some of the sort of, you know, I'm trying to think of an example, but it just generically, I think sometimes you just watching a, a, a director who's, you know, done the craft for 20 plus, if not way longer years. Sure. And just taking note of what they're doing mm. and, and learning. And also I think uh, even some production designers and things who I've worked with, and again, they're so experienced and they, they just sometimes come up with something you've never thought of before. Sure. As though, as though it's, it's like they're just imparting their wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I, and I love that. I love kind of just learning from, from everyone. Yeah. That. That's beautiful. Cause you, your goal is eventually to direct, right? Um, creative produce. Oh, creative produce. Okay. And what, yeah. is, what exactly is that? Cause maybe it's different from the way I see it here in the States. Oh, okay. Um, I kind of want to come up with the stories and ideas and the script and sort of look at the film and kind of control it that way. Not necessarily direct, um, but be, be a producer that's more creative rather than money. Mm, okay. Uh, so, it's like an executive pro- producer is doing dealing with uh, the money side and also kind of trying to feed into the uh, creative side. So kind of dabbling in both worlds. This is more of the creative side, navigating the creative side. Yeah. Yeah. And why not direct like, then? It's pretty close to directing. I know. I, it's a horrible job. Funny, <laughs> I've never, I never thought I really wanted to direct. Interesting. And then I kind of realized as I've done some shorts and things recent to have, to have the control and the say on things, you kind of have to direct them. But I don't, I don't see myself as that. I, I, I kind of don't mind someone else being the director and kind of just helping them create a vision. Sure. Um, but it's a funny one because it, it, it's kind of bats back and forth, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, th- I think I'm landing more on the creative control side of producing. And how do you, when you're thinking about that kind of position, I mean, cause um, making films and doing this kind of stuff is organized chaos. So, yeah. cause that's really all it is. It's like mitigating risk and kind of managing chaos and navigating these things. What are some of the, like the key things that you've learned over the years that you're like, okay, don't do that or make sure you do this. Um, say like even on the concept of collaboration, but how do you, in your mind, how do you take, like words from a page or even before that, the ideas that turn into words on script to um, define all that. What are some of the lessons that you know for sure that are, that are ones that stick with you? Oh, I mean, some of the really simple basic lessons, which aren't necessarily to do with script, but to do with just sort of respecting people and allowing people to talk and collaborate and be not, you know, be on time be nice, you know, behave, that kind of simple thing. And then in terms of script and stuff, I, I kind of had really good lessons in how to properly break down the scripts and and know where to spend money and where not to spend money in terms of sets and stuff. Um, 
coming up with sometimes different solutions. The, the script may say certain things happen in certain places, but we know we're going to spend four million pounds on this set and maybe you should move more action into this. Or um, So I think lessons I've learned from scripts is breaking them down correctly and then just lessons I've learned on film is just, you know, be kind. Hmm. It's just so simple. <laughs> yeah, why is it that people can't be kind on set? Um, I mean, thankfully, mostly, you know, 95% it is. Um, but and especially now is everyone's more conscious of behaving better. <laughs> I think, I good. think good. perhaps it's a good before, thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> before it, I suppose it's a stressful environment. Um, yes, it's very stressful. I, I think tensions build up. I think egos build up. I think um, there's demands and stuff that sort of can set some people off and not others. And I think maybe some of it had come from that. Mm. Um, it's just it's just tense and there's pressure, you know pressure to get something done on time, pressure to be out of a location, pressure here and there and, and pressure Everywhere. cookers do explode. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that has happened, but it is, I mean, I've rarely seen it myself. You, you hear stories, but you know. Yeah. Stories um, are stories are hard to, to accept as truth, you know, unless you're there and understand the, the, the full reason why. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely have to witness things firsthand, I think. Um, um, other lessons are listening the, mm, you know the yes. amount of people that don't actually listen mm. um, I find that I have a hard time listening sometimes that's why I love doing this it's an exercise even though I don't do it very well <laughs> but it's so it's yeah I may be um, I, I mean I like I like to critique myself but I find that that's mm -hmm. a really difficult thing sometimes you know, yeah to really let knowledge soak into your brain and to let somebody speak um yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd agree for sure. Um, but I'm trying to think of other lessons, but there's. Those are great ones in there. I have a couple sorry. notes too from them. So I was, <laughs> I was writing them down as it was coming through. Cause yeah, I agree. I think the universal um, truth of doing these things and working collaboratively come down to being nice, being on time, being behaving, like listening. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's so true. I think the thing that can be difficult is how to deal with situations that are really like crass or really challenging um, and then how mm -hmm. to overcome those I think is really the journey of production that makes it really interesting because obviously we all want it to be smooth sailing and nice but it never is like that and, and there's always going to be like okay well you have to work later for this or this has to happen or that missed the beat or this whatever um, and yeah. kind of navigating that and I think that's why tensions rise you know so but yeah, it's interesting. And dissecting scripts, uh, this is a note that I wanted to touch back mm -hmm. on is um, how do you, have you, because um, I've been reading a lot of books on scripts and script writing and, and the, you know, all these things about why we write movies and how they write and all that stuff. But are there some books in your mind that stick out that you've used to help you decipher these things? Oh, um, there's that cat one. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, um, it's like <laughs> uh, it's on my shelf. It's like, like don't throw the cat or something like that. <laughs> yeah, there's that that old classic that everyone uses. There's there's a book I had. This is terrible, but it's about I think it's called 
getting the shot or something. Yeah, getting the shot. I'm, I'm not at home, so I can't look at my bookshelf. Um, that I always find kind of useful because it was it was about looking at a script and then looking at how to actually capture a frame mm. of that. Um, but other than that, I think mostly it's been the experience of people on set that I've kind of learned from. Um, there's a few other, there's a few books. I think, I think it was Batman begins released the script and the storyboard with this script. And I I had that book. I have that book and it's quite nice. I I like seeing storyboards to match scenes. I think that's really helpful. It's interesting where, how the, how, because I just, yeah, I love that too. Um, because right now we've we've written the script for the short film, the Star Wars film, and then we've mm-hmm. just did storyboarding because I can draw yeah. a little bit. <laughs> so <laughs> I do my little Ridley Grams, but Ridley's actually better at that. But then I am, but whatever. His are great. I yeah, love his. Uh, they're so good. Uh, I did, um, with my friend Maché, we did this poster for Blade Runner for him. And we, it was so cool seeing him draw over our art and then giving us his sketches. And I was like, ah, this is so cool. Like, I can't believe like really Scott's drawing his stuff on our art. This is the best <laughs> collaborating oh, with the yeah. master. It's the best. But um, yeah, if, if he doodles on your drawing board on one of your drawings, you're like, yes, <laughs> saving it, yeah, saving it. <laughs> Unfortunately, we can't. They all get like whipped away. But yeah, oh, you want huh? yeah. you, you can take a little picture of it or something with your phone. Yeah, exactly. L- like, luckily yeah. we have that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, the Batman Begins book. I'm going to have to get that because I love that too. I have the Matrix book that kind of does a similar thing where it takes a script and then turns it into actions and um, and that translates it, you know, from words. Because that's such a, it's, it's a massive leap, right? You're going from words on a script yeah. page and then you go into the visual part and yeah, like you can go any way and where, you know, um, but there's always, I feel like there's, you ha- you can go anywhere, but in my mind, there's only like a couple shots that you really should go in my mind. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And, and that, that's why I kind of prefer storyboards to previs mm. a bit because it's just something a bit more raw yes. with them. And it's, it's, it's not so polished and finished. I mean, I've seen some brilliant previs, sure. uh, you know, but I, I love a storyboard. Same. I love kind of, well, cause I feel it's dots. also yeah. exactly. It's the, and it's initial, it's initial thinking. Yeah. 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 And and I think that you put it together and I think that's what I meant to get at prior was when Ridley Scott was talking about it and I didn't do a good job at probably explaining it, but he said that when you do, when you don't do previs and you don't do all these things, he, he said he doesn't like that because it takes the art of it out. And I think when you're working with a bunch of creative collaborators, you want them to connect the dots themselves so that yeah. they go into it as well as you when they connect the dots. And that's a real beautiful thing. That's kind of a rare thing too, but it's like, it's interactive art at its core. Yeah. And it kind of optimizes everyone's performance because everyone's aware Yeah. of, of this is kind of the look, but it's, it's a bit free, but this is where we want to go. Yeah. Whereas going on to a set or something without any clue or no storyboard, no previous, no nothing. Um, I mean, some people do it, but I, I, I think I'd, having a panic attack of like, Oh my God, what if they want to shoot one direction and, and we haven't covered the set that way, or there isn't that wall doesn't float or, you know, cause we, we try and plan all of this yeah. ahead for knowing where cameras are going to go 
Otherwise, yeah. we, we're not going to build, you know, behind us if we're not going to see it. Yeah. A waste of money. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think that is this... Um I, I think about that a lot too, because you have um, film directors like Terrence Malick, who you can tell they are after a certain thing that's different, and the film style is different because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have like Gareth Edwards. I thought was pretty interesting how they, when they did Rogue One, they like three sixty um, sh- sh- um, shots or sets, you know, um, mm-hmm. because that he comes from shooting like that, which I thought was really amazing that they kind of catered to that film style, which is, yeah, cause it's crazy cause those productions are so massive, but you know, at least if you, it's like, Oh, I want to get like 180 degrees of, of, of coverage. So let's make a 180 degree set, which is obviously every degree you get on the set is, is money um, from the budget. Um, but I found that really fascinating. I, I think it's really cool. And everybody it has is, a different approach. I, yeah. yeah. But I also wonder if it's his experience as opposed to someone like Spielberg or Scorsese who, mm-hmm. They know they're only going to shoot this way, so don't build the rest. Yes, that's true. Yeah, and and it's I learned because I imagine I would be like, yeah, let's build the whole thing because I just don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I would rather for me I'd rather go the route of Fincher or um, even like Denny Villeneuve when he's working with um, um, uh, Roger Deakins, for example. Like they would design mm-hmm. each each shot. Um, and I felt I, when I learned this about them and their creative process when they made Blade Runner is that it was uh, Denny, scriptwriter, his storyboard artist, and then um, um, Roger Deakins. They were all when they went to to build out this film for the first time. They sat in a room and they kind of went through shot by shot by shot by shot. And I think that's a very brilliant, smart way to do it because yeah. you have the key, the key the you have your eyes, you have your brain and you have the director and then, you know, you, so you have those three and if they can work in harmony and then, cause it was said, I think in the art book, it said that Denny said that, um, he speaks three languages. He speaks English, French, and then the name of his storyboard artist. <laughs> I forget his name, <laughs> which I thought was great. And I was like, that's really beautiful because he speaks through him. Um, yeah. and then he gets his ideas out that way. And I think that's a, um, and it translates, um, you know, oh, does, the, yeah. the, the drawing translates very well from there, the script to that. And I think it's such a important piece when you're, when you're doing something as big as like, say bringing um, Blade Runner to life, you know, it's like, you must approach it this way. I think it would be, I agree. I would have a panic attack if you didn't have a plan and you're just like, let's make it. And it would turn out very amateur and it wouldn't turn out professional. It wouldn't feel right and polished yeah. and, um, yeah. And I think a lot of these films, they need to have that. Like you feel it when you watch a Fincher film, you feel yeah. the control, you feel it, but it also has a lack of control in a weird way too, which is brilliant too. So, yeah. Yeah. I think also another example is kind of Paul Greengrass, who I guess he comes from the documentary filmmaking where, and then he did the Bournes and they do have plans in place, but when we've been there, he, he'll kind of film it like a documentary and he'll put, the camp camera river and he that's why i think he prefers locations to sets mm. yeah. and can kind of do a bit of everything at locations which i think sometimes causes location people heart attacks because they're like we don't have permission for over there but okay <laughs> <laughs> sure yeah but that's i mean that's kind of how you want to film i think i mean i guess it depends on your approach again it all comes down to what story you're telling, why are you telling it? And why are you showing the audience this particular thing over any other thing that you're showing them? And it's always about leading with subtext or trying to connect the dots between what the words aren't saying and then how to put your actors in that position and stuff. So it's, it was quite fascinating. 
um, yeah, the filmmaking process, it's just so cool. So, and it's like an invisible art too. If it's done really brilliantly, it's like, if it should seem effortlessly, but if you would have known True. how difficult it was to make those things, it's like, wow, that's insane. Have you ever seen a film called Victoria, Victoria by yeah. um, Sebastian, Sch I think it's Schnipper, I'm, it's German, S-C-H-I-P-P-E-R. I'm looking it up. Um, oh. And it's a one take um, ah, in, in Berlin. And stuff, right? Yeah. And they go everywhere and they go in cars, they go out cars, they go under garages, they're in nightclub. And hmm. um, I mean, they plan that meticulously. Sure. But yeah. it's also kind of half ad hoc because things happen when, yeah. you know, when you take for that long. But um, that's another kind of successful example of doing a bit of both. And Birdman did some crazy stuff, but I think it was like super long takes as well. But that was all obviously controlled and there was some breaks in that, I would imagine. Right. I can't remember it specifically, but I remember going like, what in the heck am I watching? This is insane. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I can't remember all the breath. I think I might have fallen asleep on Birdman, not because, just purely because I was tired at the Exhaustion. time I was watching it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I can't, I can't remember, but yes, there was very long takes. I didn't know if it was one continuous, but. Um, something like that. It was like like 30 minute takes or something crazy, you know, like with yeah. huge setups and moves and chat and changes and transfers and stuff like insane stuff. Yeah. Yeah, there was yeah. like um, Edward Norton was in there. I remember his character was he was awesome. Oh, he's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's uh, he's a powerhouse. That guy. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Victoria. I've heard about this film, and I meant to watch it. It's just one of those films. I got it on my list now. I have this, and then I also have a uh, yeah that uh, other film that you're talking about. Oh, Afterlife. Uh, Afterlife. Yeah, that's on my list as well. So, yeah, because I I really enjoy um, foreign films. I, I tend to watch a lot more foreign films sometimes too. Um, just because I love that approach, the difference of approach, um, like seeing how the Western has influenced the other film industries, but how it hasn't. Yeah. I love that. Cause like, Oh, that's a different approach. That's really interesting. Or like what they get away with in comparison. Cause they can make art in a different way than us. Yeah. Like the French can make different arts like Gaspar Noe and all that stuff. Like, um, yeah. for sure. <laughs> and yeah. I think also for, we were talking about earlier, how hard it is to watch kind of, mainstream movies mm -hmm. when you work in the film industry but yeah. i think when it's a foreign film or a documentary you have to concentrate in a different way yeah that i'm not thinking oh is that set because i'm too busy trying to read the subtitles <laughs> so my, my mind is elsewhere so I, I i enjoy it more yeah that's true yeah and you can turn it off and then kind of focus on something else and i think that um it just makes for the film, the filmmaking experience or the film going experience just a little bit different. And I think it yeah. makes it special because again, we're just, we're all kind of after that. Like what, why do we love that one thing? And why is it like, as a kid, what did it do to us? And why is it fleeting away? You know? And I think that's one thing I, I don't know, maybe I could be wrong, but and maybe you can testify because you worked with him, but like Steven seems like um, a consummate child like he's constantly like a, has a child mind but he's an adult as well and obviously manages to control that but he can think very whims whimsically it seems like which is very rare i think to have the to live that duality you know i guess that's 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 probably a very good thing to say actually and i i didn't i certainly didn't pick up on it or anything at the time but i did notice how good he was with child actors 
Whereas a lot of people don't have patience and, you know, but again, it's another masterclass. He was like amazing with getting people to pay attention and, and children in particular, which is, I think, I mean, it must be, I'd hate to be a child on a set. Oh, I'd be so bored. You know? Super bored. Yeah. You all the <laughs> setup times and stuff. Yeah. You don't want your actors yeah. to be standing around you let them do their so, thing and then bring them on when you're ready. Yeah. So maybe there is the inner child in him that kind of helps with that perhaps. Sure. Um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, and he, he was always, he's, you know, he's there seven and leaves it. So, you know, he's always there. Hmm. So yeah, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Work, workaholic. Is there, um, um, outside of like work stuff, what do you do or what do you find enjoy in now, like outside of just work things? Um, like what do you end up doing? Like hobby wise, do you have anything that you focus your time on to keep your mind off of work stuff? Oh yeah. I'm a big runner. Mm, I love running and my sports and the gym. I had a very bad car accident last year. So I'm just kind of trying to get back into my kind of fitness and things. So, um, it's it's back on track now. Good. Um, I like to go to the gym in the morning, and then I'll I'll go for like a, a long run or something at the weekend. Damn, um, my my knees hurt just hearing that. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah, that sounds horrible, <laughs> but at the same time, amazing because yeah, running it could be so therapeutic as well. Yeah, and even uh, recently, it's been quite nice and hot summer here, and I. I've cycled to the office a couple of times to the studio, oh, cool. which is, it's about 14 miles. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah. Nice little. No, nice it's, it's, it's easy, but I mean, it's London roads, which are slightly terrifying. Oh uh, yeah, that's true. But, yeah. but it's a, there's a cycle path for like 10 miles. Oh, that's and cool. I'm like, so I'm, I'm happy on that on my, cause I'm not a very good cyclist. I'm just kind of quite slow. <laughs> um, but what I found was the cycle home was amazing. So I just, therapeutic. I, uh-huh, I loved it. Yeah. It's so, like a really good way to move your body physically out of an experience into a new one and reset your brain and kind of trigger it out. And cause yeah, because you have to set a different brainwave, right. To ride a yeah. bike and be aware and alert. And it's a different thing. You cannot think about like, well, what was that guy saying? Or what was that? Or, you know, whatever's in your head after, after the work day. So yeah, yeah that's, I, that's brilliant. I find I, I loved it. By the time I got home, I was like, Ooh, so like, I had like more energy. <laughs> sure. Of course. Yeah. Cause you're able to do a reset. That's cool. And, and yeah. un- unfortunately the winter is going to come. You're like, damn it. <laughs> no, I don't think I'll be cycling anymore because it's, it's now kind of dark in the mornings and mm. yeah. And cold. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that, yeah, I like sort of keeping fit and, and then just working on my own projects on, on the side. Cool. You Can know? you talk about them or is they still like lockdown? Um, well, I might be doing a kind of little short up in sky. Um, and then I'd like to do a kind of small animation because that's purely just me kind of working on after effects or something. Sure. Um, have you done many of those before like to final completion or is this something like a new thing that you're interested in doing? Um, it's more like a kind of new thing. Cool. Um, I've done, I've done them in like Maya and things before. Sure. But this is, uh, I kind of want to do something really sort of stylistic and more sort of, uh, I'm trying to think of um, like, you know, Sol Bass, the Mm -hmm, titles. Yeah. Yeah. More that kind of graphically. Mm, 
kind of style yeah. than than a rendered Maya, three D realistic thing. Yes, so, there's this but it it be playing. I'll just be playing. I think. Yeah, there's this book. Okay, so that's um, and that'll be like two D animation and stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's this book. I'm gonna try and find it. It's really good. I think if you have if you haven't um, read it, it's really good. It's called uh, Picture okay. This. Okay. Um, let me look it up here. Picture this. I, I love this book. It's very simple, very fast, very easy read. Um, mm -hmm. Book. I'm gonna try and find the uh, author. Her name is Molly Bang. Is her name? And brilliant name. Yeah. <laughs> It's 152 pages and okay. um, uh, she just breaks down psychologically how it is that we see images and how we perceive them. I, I know this is stuff that you work with, but it, for me it was when she broke it down psychologically, I was like, wow, this is so, is so interesting. Um, it makes a lot of sense or this is an interesting concept or how that works and connects to this. Um, simple very simple lessons but like as you mentioned like when you explain your lessons of our rules for working collaboratively with other people on films like they're simple on the sub on the surface but they're very complicated to execute you know so but this book did a really great job and it's it's um it's kind of like Saul Bass style and approach which okay. is you know like instead of using like a fully rendered thing like you said it's like use a block you know yeah. use a black square and put it on a red square what does that do for you emotionally and it's like distilling. It's the art of distilling, I think, is really what it is. So, that's a, great, uh, that's a great tip. I'll definitely get that. Yeah. My first, um, my first boss in, the, in the, the film industry was Kyle Cooper. And Kyle was, uh, I believe, a student of Saul Bass. So it was uh, like, I'm pretty sure he was. And um, it was, he would just distill things down. And I learned a lot from, from his approach, from Kyle's approach, that was then a lineage from, from what I would imagine would be some from Saul Bass. So that's, it's always fun to like, understand like, Oh, well, how did that work? And, and how does yeah. that break down and how did that decipher? So, but that book is, is one of those that I really love. And I actually just pulled it out recently when we were doing storyboarding for our Star Wars project, I was like, okay, well this is happening here. So this needs to be that. And, and like, if you were to just use a triangle and some squares, mm -hmm. how would you tell this story? Because that's what it almost is, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. And before you add all the extra gleam, that's just the surface. It's like, what's the scaffolding that's holding this shot and composition together, you know? So. Oh, yeah. cool. I, I look forward to using that. And how is the Star Wars project going then? Are you kind of. Amazing. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Already? For yeah, so we're shooting hopefully in February, and yep. um, and then possibly going out to Sky um, to the um, old old man of store. Store, yeah, yeah, store, yeah, which is brilliant. I've uh, I'm a, I'm part Scottish, so I would be really great to go there. I've never been, so I'm really excited about that. Um, but yeah, we've we the script is basically locked. I never lock a script completely because when we do casting, I need to hear them say it and I need to react sure. to them. So once the yep. actors kind of feed with me and I need to feed with them and we need to kind of find a compromise and a way to still tell the story, but through their voice. So, mm -hmm. but everything else is done. Um, I've, I've gone through and shared it with quite a few friends and it's passed the seal of approval and love, so, which is great. Yeah. And the team is amazing. We have this brilliant team of friends that are all big star Wars fans. And so the, we're building all the props and this, and the, we're doing 3d printing and everything. It's just, it's so fun to doing costume designs and, 
um, yeah, potentially might be getting Weta involved, which is going to be brilliant if they're willing to. So, um, fantastic. Yeah. It's just, you know, I think it's like, um, every day I can wake up and I can go, okay, well today I'm just going to do this, but today, but I look at it almost like I'm spending my time the way I want to as much as I can. So I'm like, today I'm going to make Darth Vader, you know, it's like, that's so (laughs) interesting. My own Vader, you know, or my Vader with my friends or whatever. So, um, yeah. I find it to be incredibly rewarding and it's been, it's been brilliant so far and I'm using everything that I've learned and the 36 years of life that I've had here to put into this so that it can be good. So yeah, <laughs> but thanks for asking. It's going really good. I'm excited to show you how it, prog- how it progresses. So yeah. Yeah. And, and don't go to sky without letting me know and I'll tell you places to go. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, last night, well actually yesterday, um, Olaf, he has a VR set. So we went to Sky via VR. Did and, you? Yeah. Brilliant. So, so we took your advice and then also mm-hmm. the, the lotion thing for the midges and stuff. So I have that on my <laughs> list as well. Like brilliant things yeah. that we'd never think of because we're going to need that stuff. Oh, yeah. Because I, I hear they're savage out there. So, um, but yeah, I think we might stay, stay in a port tree, I think. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. And then, um, and then um, Sky and stuff is like 20 minutes and then to drive, it looks like I said. Um, I think it is, mm. or uh, or store. <laughs> no, it's far, further mm. than that. It, it's a, yeah, I mean, they're slightly slower, windier roads. Sure, but I like to drive. Yeah, fast. I don't admit it. It also <laughs> depends on many sheep are on the road. Oh yeah, okay. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> See, there you go. Yeah, so that's good to know. Yeah, I'm going to email you a picture from like last when I was up in Sky a couple of weekends ago, and it was just. Highland cows all over the road. Like, <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> You're just stuck there. Okay, this is good to know that we have to watch for this stuff because yeah. But then I was told you just drive really slowly at them and they'll move. Oh, okay. So you you don't have to peep your horn or like stay still. Just drive at them and they'll walk away. Sure, that makes so sense. That's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and sheep are the same way. Mm, they tend to just run. They they'll run away. Okay, cool. They'll, they'll, they'll run. All right. Yeah. Cause that's what I was, um, <clears throat> what I was thinking. Um, this is brilliant too, because these are things in real time that happen that you don't plan for. So yeah, <laughs> there's always something. So, but yeah, super excited for that and it's going really good. So, and again, cool. it's another, it's a great reason to spend time, you know? So it's like, like I would, you know, I could sit there all day and bang on the Disney door and let me make this or ILM, let me make this. And yeah. probably wouldn't go anywhere. And now I'm just going to do it with my friends. Yeah. So I think that's the best approach is just to be um, proactive on everything and just do your best and put it out there and see what happens. And um, yeah, but yeah, no Absolutely. expectations for me at least just have fun. So but yeah, I'm super looking forward to it. Um, Great. Is there um, usually when I try to, when we wrap these uh, yeah. episodes together, I really love to, get we talked a little bit about some of the lessons and things that you've learned um through filmmaking mm-hmm. but is there something that um because we have a lot of students or just people in general that are in transition in their life they're they're becoming freelance or they're wanting to become an art director or whatever it might be or they look at your role and your and your abilities or what you've done over the years and they were like i would mm-hmm. really like to do that is there something that you can impart with them that would kind of give them some sort of like a, a piece of knowledge or um, some, some sort of like a symbol of hope or something, some kind of, uh, I know it's a lot of pressure and I, and I hate doing this to my guests, but at the no, same time, no, it's, it's so important. So it, it is. And I, and I think 
a couple of the things like don't be disheartened. Mm. Don't you will you'll get people's emails and you'll email them and you'll ask for jobs and they'll be like, we're crude and we're busy, but stay in touch. Do stay in touch. Email them again in six months time because they'll be starting something else. And that's you just have to keep at it. And, you know, I would say if someone says to you when people email me and they're like, oh, I'm looking for work. And I, I always respond. I make a point of responding. And if we are looking at the time, I'll get them in for an interview. And if we're not, I'll just be like, we're, we're totally crude. But can you keep in touch and email me in six months or three months or whatever? And I think it's important that it, nobody's rejecting you straight away. It's just there is no there is no job, but just keep at it and it will happen. And it's all about timing. Mm. I hate saying that. Hate and that it's too. more it's, true, it's more about <laughs> timing than it is talent. But um, but do when you email your CV and stuff, email with a couple examples don't don't link me to a website or anything because i'm very unlikely to have the time to click on it but if you put it in the email mm. i can see it straight away a couple images of their best work yeah okay yeah that's that's all you know clear and concise email not big ones right oh yeah exactly just say two sentences no. <laughs> well, yeah. no just just be really you know clear about what you want or if you're just straight out of university or what you've been doing you know or or you're not from university and you're doing something else and you want to change careers but just keep it simple and leave your contact details mm. not just your email address you know give me your phone number and uh, anything else because more often than not if there is something imminent and we need extra help i'll just get the coordinator or an assistant to phone you straight away to mm. get an interview and it's quite amazing how people don't put phone numbers on um, yeah. emails yeah that's weird <laughs> so just i mean that's just really simple things you know sure attach a couple pieces of work or or your cv and um phone number and i promise i always email back there you go i i i did um I used to be on LinkedIn, but I, it, it got too much. I was, I was being, I don't know how, for some reason, I think when episode seven came out, it, I just kept getting requests for props and advice and work and all sorts of things from all sorts of people all over the world. And I was like, I can't control this anymore. Sure. I need to delete it. Yeah. It becomes a, like a part-time job. Yeah. It's difficult, but. Yeah. And I, I felt bad n not being able to respond. So yeah. Yeah. I, I don't that. want to feel bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For just being too busy and doing your job. Yeah. But you want to help people out obviously too. So that's great. I think those are great pieces of advice. Have some your work easily ready and the best yeah. work and keep it short and brief and what you ask and say what you want. And then, yeah, okay. That all makes sense. And these are great pieces of, of advice. So awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate you. I hope you have a good uh, rest of the evening and um, looking forward to seeing what you create. And then hopefully we'll probably cross paths eventually, especially if I end up coming out there, I'll obviously oh, sure. post it and let you know how it goes. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to email you that picture. Then. <laughs> 
cows on the road just because it'll make you laugh <laughs> all right there it is everybody hope you all enjoyed this episode big thank you to claire for coming on the show and sharing your time with us this week you can find uh, notes for this week's episode at the collectivepodcast.com slash 215 along with links to our facebook uh, twitter and itunes podcast page you can also catch us on instagram if you'd like um, we've been trying to keep active on that as well um, and uh, yeah that's going to be it I hope you guys enjoyed this hope we got some wealth out of this and go out there be powerful be prolific peace out everybody